love it. But I mean, what a wonderful thing to, to highlight our kids and to see them sing and, and with such joy. Awesome. Well, it is Advent and it is Christmas and it's the season of lights. In fact, that's been a bit of our theme this Christmas has been lights. We actually commissioned a painting to celebrate that very, very thing, the light of Christmas. Um, and our cities are getting in on this whole game too, aren't they? Think about it. Uh, Coquitlam, you've got Light the Lake. Uh, Port, Port Moody, you've got Light the Pier. Um, New Westminster, you have Light the Key. And then uh, Port Coquitlam. I think you have Light the Costco is what you have at, in, in Poco, I think. That's just my, my, my theory anyway. I love lights so much so that I almost killed myself putting up lights last Christmas at our home. We'd never done it before. It's kind of a tall house, and my ladder was just a little short. And I got through to the very end, got all the lights up, but I, to plug them in, I had to go that much higher, and I was up on the ladder, and the ladder was vertical. It was, it was like this, and my son had to keep all his weight against the ladder to keep me from plummeting to my death or serious injury, more likely. Um, so this year, all we've done is lit in our poor little bush. That's it. I've, I've, I've settled for lighting the bush. But when you think of Christmas, what would it be without light? And according to Scripture, it is so right and it is so appropriate that we celebrate the coming of Jesus with the lighting of lights. I mean, think about that first Christmas. Shepherds minding their flocks on a dark night out in a field. And suddenly, the most probably glorious light show of all time fills the sky as angels arrive in glorious light. Or as, as they just sang about, the wise men, the magi from the east who traveled to, to find the Christ child. And what guided them? This, this star in the sky led them to where the, the baby lay. Uh, I've been struck again this year by uh, an old painting by Rembrandt. It's called The Adoration of the Shepherds. You'll see it on the screen. And if you look at it long enough, you'll notice there's something unusual about it. Where's the light coming from? <laughs> from the child himself. And there's a passage in Isaiah that we read every Christmas. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So it's no wonder that the birth of Christ was marked by light because Christmas is the, the news that light has dawned in the darkness. Some of you know this, but it was quite dramatic. Uh, actually, Jesus would go on to, as he grew up and, and, and in a particular moment in time, he said these words that were quite significant where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And those words are are pretty audacious, but, but fascinating to, to consider the context of where Jesus said those words. Some of you know this. Uh, it, it was during the Feast of Tabernacles, this grand, grand festival in the temple in Jerusalem. And they would light these massive candelabras that were so big that they would light up the entire city. That the, the glow would, would cover the entire community. It was to remind the people of Israel of how God had delivered them from slavery and led them through the wilderness. How did he lead them? He guided them with a pillar of fire, with a pillar of light. And during this festival, they would read these Old Testament scriptures having to do with God's character of light. 
they'd read Psalm 27, one of my favorite verses in scripture. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Or Psalm 43, send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. He'd say in Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And then Isaiah 61 is, the sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. They'd read those, those scriptures and then they would celebrate under the light of those grand lamps, the God of light. And they'd do that for seven nights. And then on the eighth night, they would, they would snuff out those candles and they'd look forward to doing it all over again the next year. Sound familiar? <laughs> we, we do it here in January. But it was on this eighth night in that very same room where darkness had become quite noticeable, where Jesus said the words, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. What a claim by Jesus. I, I, I love the fact that he waited until it was dark. It's like he was saying, you had the light for a few nights, but for those who follow me, there'll be light not just for a few nights, not just for the holidays, but for all of their lives. Because I'm the light which lasts forever. I'm the light that never gets snuffed out, which never goes out. I'm the light of the world. It's a, it's a staggering claim. I, I'm not just the light in your home or, or the light in your neighborhood or on your street. I'm the light of the whole world, the whole ball of wax. I am the light. And then he says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Uh, I don't know about you. Um, I don't like the idea of walking in darkness. Uh, at the end of our street where we live, there is Mundy Park. How many, how many have actually walked in Mundy Park? Quick poll here, okay, good, good number. It's, I think, one of the hidden treasures of Coquitlam. Um, but it's, it's beautiful, massive trees and, and beautiful tra trails. And if you walk long enough and, and you find your way to little hidden lakes, love walking Mundy Park in the day. I've only walked it once at night. And it was with my uh, teenage boys. One was 15 and one was 13. And as men as they were becoming, still on that walk, they grabbed my hands on either side like their lives depended on it. Because it was really dark in the center of that woods. And I've never walked it again since. <laughs> darkness, walking in, in darkness, is, uh, it gives us a picture of, of aloneness or, or lostness or confusion, or fear, or stumbling about, tripping over obstacles you can't see. Jesus said, follow me, and you won't walk in darkness. Why? Because you'll have the light that leads to life. The light of life. Well, what might that look like? Uh, Zechariah um, was John the Baptist's father, and John the Baptist was sent as a prophet before Jesus, just before <laughs> And, and Zechariah, as he was prophesying over the birth of his son, he actually told about the coming Messiah. He told, talked about Jesus. And he said this, he said, speaking of Jesus, he says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us to the path of peace. I love that line. <laughs> the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Other verses put it, 
the, the sunrise from on high. What a picture of Jesus. Picturing him as a, as, as a sunrise or as morning light. Um, I got a chance to, to walk the El, a part of the El Camino pilgrimage this last month in, in Spain. And I, I remember when I, when I was staying there, I've told some of you I stayed in hostels. Uh, how many have recently stayed in a hostel? Man, hostel life is overrated, if you ask me. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, some of the hostels I stayed in, 30, 40 bunk beds, you know, 50, 60 people all in a room, uh, crowded together. I mean, earplugs become a, a major necessity. Um, I remember one night, as I'm kind of considering this my lot, here I am, and I hadn't been, stayed in a hostel in like 30 years, and I'm thinking, wow, I get to do this. And as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, uh, I'm, I'm sitting with this older French guy and this older German guy, and I'm glad a war didn't break out, but that, that, it was all good. And uh, I remember saying something like, I miss my wife. And they said, why do you miss your wife? I said, because if she was here, I'd be in a hotel. They were, they were really cheap, though, like $9 a night. Sometimes it cost me more to do my laundry than it did to stay the night in the hostel. But uh, because it was so cheap, they had these rules. You had to be out by 8 a.m. And so I'd often start my walk. Uh, you'd have real keeners who were up at 5. And then you had the, the, the somewhat keen up at 6. I was usually out the door by 7 in the morning. There was no point. You're, you're awake anyway. You might as well start walking. And for that first hour or so... I was walking in streets I didn't know, in, in farmland, through trails and dark paths, where I had no idea really where I was going. It was hard to see the signs, and you kind of just made your way, and you, you looked at your app <laughs> to make sure you were on the right path. But as, as the morning grew, the sunrise came, and, and the, the fog kind of lifted, and the, the, the scenes kind of illuminated. I'm going to give this baby to anybody who will take her. Yeah, you want her? She smells lovely. Any diaper changers in the crowd? Which is right, right here. I'm just kidding. There you go. Just, I, I would hate to step on her. That's my main reason for actually moving her from the scene. Um, but the morning light would come on those walks, and it was gradual. And, and the, the landscape would begin to illuminate, and you'd be able to see around, and you'd be able to make your way with greater confidence and less uncertainty. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the whole landscape would be lit up, and you had beautiful vistas like you see right there. And suddenly, it's, it's turned from darkness into great beauty. And, and, and I got to say, isn't there something incredibly hopeful about a sunrise? Why is it that our hearts kind of like, I don't know, if you ever are up early enough to see the sunrise, there's something incredibly spectacular about it, 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 it peeking over the horizon. It's an image of hope and life and new possibility, a faith in a new day, like, like couldn't today be better than yesterday? There's, there's that kind of image. I love how, how Zachariah says that Jesus is the sunrise from on high who's about to burst upon us. And folks, as we open up our lives to him, he begins shining his light on the landscapes of our hearts and our lives. He, he, he begins to drive away the uncertainty and the fear. Zachariah says, he says, this, this light from heaven gives light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide us to the path of peace. 
That's Jesus. Where does he want to lead you? Path of peace. You see, the light of Jesus is not just illuminating. It's transformative. Jesus not only illuminates darkness, exposing it for what's there, showing us, revealing all that, all that. What, what he does is he also exchanges darkness for light, which here is described as peace. And it's not just some peaceful feeling. The light of life is a person. Light is personified in Jesus. The gift is Jesus himself, our God, Emmanuel. What that means for those of us who, who follow Jesus and, and keep on following is that all of who Jesus is, all of his power, all of his mercy, all of his kindness is brought to bear on our lives. His, his goodness penetrates our fears and, and, and doubts. The darkness of our sin and, and brokenness and our shame is exchanged for mercy and grace and forgiveness and a clean slate. Our wandering and our confusion and our, our sense of lostness is, is exchanged for purpose and direction and hope. The, 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 benefit, the, the penetrating life of Jesus brings to bear on our lives all those four themes of Advent that we celebrate each week. Joy, peace, love, hope. Maybe, folks, this, this Christmas is about you opening up your lives again, maybe opening up your heart again to the light of Jesus, allowing him to do what he wants to do with your life. Or maybe this Christmas is, is actually about you simply remembering how good the light is. Maybe, maybe you've kind of forgotten it. Take, take for granted the, the gifts you've been given in Jesus. And I'd, I'd suggest a practice that we could all do this Christmas. Every time you see a candle lit or a tree lit up, or as you drive through a neighborhood and you see lights celebrating this holiday, maybe for you it would be a helpful practice for you to breathe a thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you for, for filling the blank, what, whatever he's done for you. Let it lead you to worship like, like it did for the, the shepherds. Another thought for a moment here this morning. Jesus um, quite boldly and brazenly said he was the light of the world. I mean, that's, that's pretty audacious, but I'd say uh, almost more shocking to me is what he would say to his followers where he said, you are the light of the world. Do you remember that? You are the light of the world. <laughs> I mean, he says this in his most famous sermon in Matthew 5, but, but he essentially says, I'm the light bringer, and I've given it to you. I've entrusted my light to you. Now carry it to the world. Carry it to your homes. Carry it to your neighborhoods, to where you work. Carry it into the dark corners of our world. Wherever there's injustice, wherever there's brokenness, carry my light there. You be the light, Jesus says. He, he, he really makes a pointed thing of this, and I think he does because it's probably a temptation for us. He says, don't hide the light. He says, don't hide the light. Nobody does that. Why would you cover it all up? Show it so that people will see your good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. You point them to God. In other words, folks, um, I'd, I'd say this this morning, that God does want to deal with your 
yours and my darkness. He wants to heal all that's dark in you. He wants to restore you. He wants to do all that. But can I say this? He wants to do the same thing in our world. And he wants to use you to do it, to be agents of justice, to be ambassadors of good news, to be those that that show what God is like to the world. Beth Moore, uh, a great Bible teacher, she put it this way. She said, we've lost our theological minds to think it's enough for people of light to sit in the light, to carry the light, to show the light, to preach the light, to podcast the light, but not fight the darkness. It's like showing up in the ring, decked out, belted and gloved, and never throwing a punch. And so I wonder this morning, I wonder where perhaps has God been putting his finger on a need in our world, for you specifically, and he's calling you to to somehow bring light there in order to fight the darkness. I, I, I don't know what it might be, but I, I'd say, folks, it's not enough for us to sit in the light, to hear about the light, to, to give thanks for the light, and to have never actually shine as light. You're a light bringer, Jesus says. In, this, in fact, this is the reason why we leave our, our, this, this particular Advent season, we've been leaving the lighting of the candle to the very end because we're treating that as kind of like a commissioning. Our theme has been light of the world. And <laughs> And at the end of our services, we're sending you out to fulfill that role and that calling. And some of you, I know, maybe you're going, I don't know what to do. How do I be a light? I'm just a kid. I'm, I, 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 I'm a senior in an, in, in an old folks home. I, I, I don't know what to do. Here's what I'd suggest. If you kind of feel in the dark about what to do, ask the light bringer to show you the way. Ask him. I, and you know what, here I, here's what I found. As I open up my sort of heart to God, he begins to actually move my heart and give me burdens for things in the world or for people. And so if you open up your heart to Jesus and say, show me the way, how can I be a light? Guaranteed, he'll answer that prayer and he'll, he'll put you in situations, in, in circumstances where you'll be, be able to be a light. You'll be able to fulfill that calling. We're going to share in the Lord's Supper in just a moment, and then we'll light our Advent candle. But I want to invite you all to just close your eyes for a few moments for a time of reflection that I believe will lead to prayer. I'm going to ask you a few questions for you to consider, and then you can respond by just uh, speaking to God about it. Let him speak to you in in these moments. First question. Have you opened up your life to the light of Jesus? Imagine imagine just for a moment what it might look like to allow him to bring his light to bear on your life. You know, his hope, his love, his joy, his peace. Lord Jesus, light of the world, shine your light into our lives, we pray. 
Let me ask you, is there a specific area of darkness in your life that Jesus might want to shine his light on today to not just expose, but also to free you from, to, to liberate you from that darkness? Could be a fear or a pervasive worry that you have, an anxiety. Maybe it's something that's quite common in this season. It could be the darkness of envy or jealousy or greed or this sense of of being discontented. Maybe it's pride. You know, a a sense of of, of superiority or, or a sense of being better than those around you. It might be shame, sense of, of guilt that you've carried over something you've done or something you wish you'd done. Is there a dark place that God is putting his finger on in which you need Christ's light to shine? Think about it and let that lead you to maybe a prayer of confession or offering that darkness to God. Lord Jesus, light of the world, shine your light into our lives, we pray. Is there an aspect of of God's light that you're particularly grateful for this morning? (laughs) You know, a way that he's working out in you, his hope and his peace and his joy. Why not just take a moment and thank him for what he's doing already in your life by bringing his light? Lord Jesus, light of the world, shine your light into our lives, we pray. Finally, is there a light that needs to be shone to a person you know or to a situation you're aware of right now, to an aspect of brokenness in the world? Why not ask Jesus to shine his light there Lord Jesus, light of the world, shine your light to our world (laughs) through us, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, folks.